<laughs> Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 75. I am your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we are excited to have with us the highly talented and acclaimed cartoonist and illustrator, Ben Wright Human. Ben, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. And you're here to chat with us about your latest Kickstarter, Less Than Secret, huh? That is correct. Uh, it's This is my first time running an anthology. Uh, funny story, the last anthology I worked on before this was yours. Uh, <laughs> and uh, about half, like, I did the story for yours, and shortly thereafter, I actually came up with um, an idea for a longer running project. Uh, I ran it by one of my friends, uh, cartoonist Rainer Cannonstein. Mm -hmm. And it turns out he'd had a similar idea for a project. Um, so we've been planning. It's a, it's a longer form thing that I can't really talk about too much. But one of the big things is we haven't even run an anthology before. And that would be kind of the base level of skill that we'd need. Right. So we started talking about, okay, let's plan an anthology. What do we want to do with it? Um, so we brought in a bunch of the random creators we know, uh, came up with a theme, cryptids, and put together less than secret, uh, which is seven stories. And the entire pitch for it was, was you have 12 pages, black and white. Give us a story about cryptids. Right. And uh, yeah, it's been kind of a crazy trip. Like you've read anthologies. You know it's completely nuts. Right. So yeah, so uh, before we just jump in and, and 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 do a deep dive on you know on 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 the Kickstarter, which is congratulations, that's you've you've reached your goal three times over at right at this point. Yeah, uh, we reached our goal, which was fifteen hundred, in five hours. Wow, wow! It was completely. It was a crazy day. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so as you mentioned before, like, so what was it like to you know for 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 the artists and illustrators and, and some of the comic book writers and the authors that listen to that, listen to watch the podcast. Like, what would you say that was the, uh, the benefit of organizing and, and participating in a, in an anthology series as compared to some of your solo works, as we say, Ben, I am a, I'm a fan of your stuff. I got your oh, thank you. here. So I got, uh, so what would be, so what compared to doing your own, your own work, solo it's just you and you and your 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 pencil and your and your, your i was gonna say typewriter you and your <laughs> yeah. um you and and as saying organizing almost like a you know a conductor pulling in different people and facilitating what are some of the benefits and drawbacks of both of those types of projects uh well i think the big thing is a lot less weirdly less of the pressure is on you when you're running it because uh you end up delegating a lot and I was doing this, like, I wasn't the only organizer. Rainer was the other one. Uh, both of us were kind of sharing a lot of the load, bouncing ideas off each other. And in a lot of ways, like, we put this project together so much faster than when I, if I were just doing it solo. Like, each of the books you just showed took me a couple years to make. Right. Um, and I did Kickstarters, and everything was being done on my own. I was promoting it myself. I was uh, doing all the writing, all the art. And in this, I had to write and draw 12 pages. And the right. rest has been sales, which uh, I'm one of those people who doesn't like like doing sales, but I can do it. <laughs> like, And it's been interesting because, like we said, this Kickstarter, we funded in five hours. My last Kickstarter for the Letters of the Devil 2 was for $2,000, not 1500 uh, and it took me 30 days to hit that amount. On the 30th day of the Kickstarter, we finally hit that goal. Wow. Um, and if you can do it faster, I recommend it because you're, it's a lot less stressful. Um, but yeah, it's, we've had everybody able to contribute in various ways. We're doing interviews with everybody. Mm. Um, there's a very talented cartoonist out here in Ohio who's part of the project, Kelsey Crawford. And they've been uh, interviewing everybody, twice, like two interviews a week on their YouTube channel. Uh, and we've been able to get word out about everybody from that. 
Right. Yeah. And I, I, I was watching some of Kelsey's stuff. Yeah. This past week, it's been really yeah. interesting. It's cool that she's, as you said, she's pulling in all the contributors, from the writers and the artists. And it, it, it's, it's been fun watching the, watching those interviews. Yeah. yeah. And they're a, an incredible uh, interviewer, definitely someone to uh, keep an eye out for there. They just completed a Kickstarter of their own. Okay. Uh, the legend of Jamie Roberts and uh, is constantly putting out work. Uh, they're one of my big freelancer buddies out here. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we did with this project also that's a little bit different than any anthology I've worked on before is we really tried to get everybody involved in the process. Like we have a Discord chat hang where we're all constantly communicating. Uh, we have completely voluntary sit-downs uh, every other Saturday where we basically just meet up and talk about stuff. It doesn't even have to be about the project. And that was really helpful this past year. Right. So when did you, cause uh, you know, as you mentioned, it was, you know, you, you and uh, Rainier get together, uh, you came up with the idea to do a, 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 a larger project, but decided mm -hmm. this is kind of your stepping stone. Like, let's just try this out first to see how good we are at it. Right. Yeah. Is that what, now, when did that conversation happen? So talk about timeline is you decided to do cryptids. Was that six months ago, one year ago, two years ago? How did this give us a timeline on this? Uh, we, it was definitely during lockdown. Um, I want to say that we started talking about the larger idea in late May, early June, something like that. Okay. Um, funny thing is I came up with the idea and messaged Rainer because Rainer is one of those people who knows everything about comics um, and said, do you know if anyone's tried this? And Rainer said, funny thing, I came up with a business model for this like three months ago and thought about asking you and then was like, nah, I can't pull this off. So we had basically the same idea right? Um, pretty close to each other. We decided to do the anthology June or July and started inviting people, I want to say in August. Hmm. Um, we And we were kind of uh, cautious with a lot of it. Uh, a couple of the people who are involved in this project uh, that we brought on early, part of the reason we brought them on early is they have experience with anthologies and with Kickstarters. Right. So we wanted to talk to them and say, what are we doing? Well, you know, what do we need to do to do this right? Right. Um, one thing that I learned uh, and ended up being very true, and I thought it was kind of funny, um, we brought one of the first people we brought on was Angela Boyle, uh, who's actually getting interviewed this Saturday. And uh, she's run an anthology called Awesome Possum. I think she's done four volumes of it. Wow. And one of the first things she told me is when you guys set deadlines, be aware that those deadlines are going to get missed. Like a lot of people are not going to make their deadlines. Um, and what was crazy about it, like we, had, we were thinking, okay, we're going to give, you know, 12 pages each. We're giving people three months. We should be able to get most of the people to get stuff in. And I think two stories were completed on time and neither Rainer's nor mine were among them. <laughs> like, <laughs> even the people running the project couldn't stay on time. Yeah. And, you know, this was a crazy year. It, it happens. But it was just kind of funny because one of the best pieces of advice we got was be ready for deadlines to be met. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and I, I know when we, we, when we worked at, you had, you had a really good contract written up you're like boom 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 this and this and this and then like here's an addendum we'll throw that in there um at what point like if you're you know facilitating that and did you have contracts in place for all the uh, your contributors uh i will start by saying this if you run an anthology have a good contract in place in the beginning we got the contract to them right before the kickstarter started <laughs> we were way behind on that um that is very bad don't do that um but yeah, that's one of those things where we were like trying to figure out how to write a contract. The, the contract I, uh, I forget, do we use my contract or do we use, oh yeah, we use my contract for part of it okay. because I was doing some extra freelance thing. That's a specifically like a work for hire contract that I put together that's really easy to format for a lot of stuff. Um, it's a little weird setting it up for an anthology. So what we ended up doing was, um, again, Angela sent us the, contract for awesome possible we figure out how to uh, adapt that but yeah we got that out way late and if it weren't for the fact that i was working with people that uh reasonably trusted us because we act we pretty much knew everybody mm. um 
probably wouldn't have done it that way because, you know, there's a certain level of trust you have to have with this stuff. Right. Yeah. Now it's, so, so with that said, I mean, how, you know, just, you know, in, in general speaking, how much, uh, uh, how much, uh, work did you have to put in in advance being the with you know your name on the anthology uh and how much work did you do on behalf of your contributing artists like did you like send me you have did you did you have to do any like finishers on there or did you have to like putting everything together in a thing to make sure it was kind of cohesive and kind of had a specific flow to it or um, well what we've for the most part we haven't been doing that. One of our other contributors, Ariane McRae, uh, okay. is the book designer. And she's been responsible for putting it together. We figured out what the order should be, and we know some of the stuff that's going to go in there. Uh, very much like when you and I worked together, uh, because I helped do book design on your uh, yeah. anthology. The order is already there, just figuring out what else is going to go into it and how we make that happen. Right. And then, and so, and also, too, they have it, 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 it comes with it's seven stories. Now, mm -hmm. Was that an arbitrary number or did you say, all right, if it's going to be 12 pages each, it's going to be this. So, or how did that come? Or is that was just based off of the people that your friend, your, your connections that you, you handpicked responded to that? How did that work? Uh, I, I won't name names here, but we invited 12 people originally. Uh, 10 said yes. And uh, of those 10, six completed stories and we got one more person to join partway in. So that's just okay. kind of how it works out. Okay. Um, one of the other things uh, with doing an anthology is you are going to have people who say they'll do it and then aren't able to do it. Mm. It happens. Like, especially when you're trying to come up with something out of the ether, uh, it's, it can be really tough. Yeah. And then it, it's, do you find it works better to, as you say, to, you know, work with people, you know, cause then you're, it's, kind of hard to hold them accountable if they kind of slip away, especially if you have a contract in place or, you know, finding people, you know, strangers that you haven't met and say, here's the deadline. Boom, 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 boom. Like, what would you recommend for folks doing this? Um, I'm glad we went with people we knew for the first one okay. um, because that did make the pressure a little bit less. Um, there were definitely some people that were new to either Rainer or me. Like, Kelsey's an example. Rainer doesn't know Kelsey mm. uh, or didn't before this. Um, but I was like, I know Kelsey and Kelsey would be very valuable on this. Uh, I trust them. Let's bring them in. Right. Uh, and you know, there are a few people from Rainer's class. There are a few uh, people from – we, we did have a bit of a variety there. Um, we also ended up getting uh, an editor through Kelsey that neither, of us, neither Rainer or I knew uh, named J.D., and uh, that's another thing I'd recommend for people doing an anthology. Have someone separate do the editing because it saves you a lot of headache. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we also have one story uh, by Ian Klesh and Andrew Small. Those are just friends of mine from out here. Another, And, and they were actually interesting because they'd never done a published work before. Um, I just happened to know them and they'd wanted an opportunity to break in and yeah. uh, had kind of it's kind of funny they independently had come to me saying i'm getting kind of stir crazy in my house do you have any projects you want to work on and it's and they did this like within a couple of days of each other i'm like you guys should talk <laughs> um and so they ended up joining the project and putting out a great story uh but yeah it, it, so we kind of had a mix of people that we really know well and people that were kind of brought in based on the recommendations of others and if we were to do another project I'd honestly be pretty interested in opening it up more. Right. Um, it's tough because I also want to work with everybody on this project again, but I also think it'd be cool to bring in fresh blood. So do you see, because of the success of the Kickstarter, do you see that you're going to do like a part two to this, or is there going to be like something with maybe aquatic creatures or doing something where like a, like a, a theme, a running theme, or just sticking with just cryptids in general? We're a hundred percent going to do more anthologies. Uh, I don't know about subject matter. Uh, Rainer and I have talked about it a little bit. The main thing is we've really had a great time doing this. So we want to do more of them. Um, but what the actual subject's going to be is going to be a little bit open. Part of the thing with cryptid is Rainer and I didn't pick that. 
we brought it up with the group, like, what do you guys want to do? And someone said cryptids and everyone got excited. So we went with cryptids. Um, we were kind of more the formatting restrictions than anything else because we wanted to see how doing these particular format rules would work. Okay. And what were the format restrictions that you put in place? Uh, let's see. The pages are uh, five and a half by 8.25, which is slightly smaller than half letter. It's actually one of the, it's sort of the uh, imperial closest to, I want to say A4 or A5, which is a metric sized paper. Huh. Um, it's the size of a lot of mangas printed in and stuff like that. I can actually show you. Um, so I was doing a dummy for the book sleeves that we're selling for the special editions. Right. And this is about the size of one of those books. I was using a Junji Ito book for it. Okay. So yeah. Um, with, but uh, yeah, we had that. It was going to be 12 pages. We required grayscale. Um, and the only content restrictions was we said we were shooting for roughly PG-13. Um, just because if you give cartoonists enough leeway, you never know what's going to happen. But uh, we basically just want, said that so we'd have an excuse if we're like, this is just inappropriate. We're not going to be able to sell this to a general audience. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. So that was so about it. Okay. All right. So <laughs> let's let let's let's jump in and, and just check out. Let's just go through the um, walk us through the the Kickstarter here. So, you know, as we say, you know, that's awesome. You hit. Mm -hmm. You're 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 knocking on five thousand, uh, and ten days to go. So you're mm -hmm. two thirds the way through. So, uh, so as you mentioned, so let's if you want to if you want to let's let's go through the. Uh, let's go through the tiers that you had, the pledge levels you have on here. Sounds good. Well, first off, um, you mentioned we're near 5,000. We are doing a stretch goal system where okay. like, just because we've made our base goal, what all that means for anyone who hasn't done Kickstarter is that we're getting paid. Yeah. Uh, if you don't hit the, the base goal, you make no money. They, everybody gets refunded. You go home with nothing. Um, but the basic way we're doing this is the more money we can raise with the Kickstarter, the higher page rates we can pay our contributors. Mm. Um, your uh, anthology was part of a business. So it was, uh, you had a decent nest egg. You were actually able to pay us reasonable rates. We cannot do that yet. Um, so the deal we made at the outset was as long as the Kickstarter gets funded at 1500, uh, every creative team will get $10 a page, which is really low. Right. Um, like that is way below what this type of thing should be, but that's sort of the starting rate. The thing is, uh, the more money we make on the Kickstarter, the higher we're paying people. Right. So we hit yeah. 5,000, I believe at that point we'll be at uh, $20 a page and every thousand beyond that's another five bucks. So however high we can get it. Wow. That's basic. That's our most basic version of that goal. Right. Uh, so actual reward tiers, by the way, all the names were just because I like fun names. <laughs> most basic level uh is just for people who want to donate a little bit well at the very least you'll get credit in our book seven dollars will send you a pdf uh by the way every level past this with the physical books you at least get a pdf okay um so you'll always get a copy of the book in some form and if you get physical you'll get both uh twenty dollars is the uh paperback edition and, and how many pages is it uh, it's looking like it's going to be 108. We haven't put together, I'm sorry, 112. Okay. Uh, we haven't finished putting together the file, but that's roughly what we're estimating. It'll be right around there. And that's a great price, 20 bucks for, uh, for yep. you know, a, a graphic novel over 100 pages. And that's with shipping included in the US. Wow. Uh, okay. We are unfortunately not doing anything internationally right now because shipping's gotten a little complicated, but we are planning on making the book available after we're able to get everything put together. Okay. Um, then, uh, beyond that at 50, this is where it starts getting interesting because we're going to have hardcover editions of the book. Okay. Um, first time I've had hardcovers of my stuff. I'm kind of excited about that. And where are you getting those? Do, what, what, uh, what publishing, uh, what printing place are you utilizing for that? We're currently looking at a printer called Mixam, M-I-X-A-M. Okay. Uh, actually here, I'll put it in the chat just so. Yeah. That's got a couple letters in it that don't translate very well. Okay. But uh, what it does, they uh, are a U.S.-based printer that 
has a lot of different options, including offset printing for uh, which for people not in the know basically means you can print a ton of books for a lot cheaper. Right. Um, and their hardcover rates are pretty inexpensive. So I figured I'd go for it. Um, it's uh, we're also going to do at the hundred dollar level, those hardcovers. I'm going to be making handmade book sleeves for them. Wow. Um, sample of that basic, the dummy for it right here. Yeah. And uh, the very top level, 800, we have a fun thing that Angela Boyle is doing. Uh, Angela did a version of this for her last Kickstarter, Awesome Possum. It's a cabinet of curiosity with a mix. On hers, it's a mixture of actual natural science things and kind of goofy things. Uh -huh. This is going to be more cryptid themed, so most of it would probably be goofy. But she puts together an entire spice rack basically with this stuff um like hand making some of the individual pieces and stuff like that it's a really really cool tier that's awesome <laughs> um have you had no one you say you got five of those no one's back no one's put no one's to no on one's done one it yet now. um yeah. one of the other things i'd recommend for people when you're doing a uh kickstarter have at least one tier that's really really like top of the line it doesn't matter if anyone backs it because it'll mean a lot more people back the one right below it. Um, <laughs> but at, even if, if one person backs this, that jumps us a lot. Right. And I want to just, just to point out here, and I think this is important to say, even mm -hmm. though this is fun and $800, this actually is art. So you're actually buying like that. Oh, yeah. That's artwork. <laughs> yeah, this this is a commitment. Like, there's a reason Angela is only doing five of them because yeah. she's like that. I, that's crazy. She's also doing commissions, which is one of the other things we're offering. Right. Wow. Cool. So yeah, let's look at that. Yeah. So these are these are the add-ons and and talk to us a bit about the talk to us a bit of like was this something that was just kind of you and Rainer kind of decided on, or is this something that you had the entire group kind of like democratizing the idea of what the add-ons would be? The entire group was involved in this. Okay. Uh, Rainer and I ended up having final say, but it's one of those things where, and also like pricing, that's one of the things that was coming up because, mm. or we were talking about all the tiers and trying to figure out what would work and what wouldn't. Um, book plate stickers that came from other people. I actually wasn't familiar with book plate stickers particularly because it's not something I typically get on uh, Kickstarters myself, but we had a team of people. So we actually had other people telling me when I'm wrong, mm. um, which is great. <laughs> so what is a book play? I'm not familiar with that either. So there are a couple different versions. That's part of where it got confusing. Um, a lot of Kickstarters use it just to say it's a sticker that goes in the front of the book that has a, an illustration on it that one of the artists made. But traditionally, it's one of those stickers that you put in to write in like property of blank oh. and that kind of thing. Um, and so what we're kind of shooting for, like some we're still figuring out a little bit if we're going to have them. What we're kind of thinking about doing is having some that are either way and then you can actually pick. Right. Um, but uh, we have already actually here. I can share a screen on this. I can show one that I designed. Okay. Actually, did this on a live stream the other day on my channel. And share. All right. Let's see here. There it is. All right. Here we go. Oh, wow. Okay. And yeah, then they so and they would write down they yeah, and that would be the the empty spot right there. Is this so let me ask you then, Ben, is this is this digital or this hand drawn? This is digital. I did it all in Clip Studio. Okay. Uh funny thing, it turns out everyone in the group except one person went all digital on their project. <laughs> oh really? Um it wasn't originally how it was gonna work out. There are other people doing traditional, but and I've also done traditional stuff in the past. Uh you brought up my letters books. Those are kind of half and half, but okay. like they had a lot of traditional worked into them. This was 100% digital. Mm. So let me ask you as a creative, mm -hmm. do you see, 
because that you've seen like just uh, you know the 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 success that your anthology series turned out looking at it from a business perspective was is this going to hamper any of your uh project ideas that you're going to do solo projects on because you mentioned like your the your, your book two took so long to get funded are you now worried that from a business like a you know like a, a business perspective that you might move more towards doing more anthologies instead of solo projects um i'm not it's not something i'm so much worried about I think it's one of the things that's going to be a much bigger part of what I do because I really liked it and it was really okay. good for my creative process. Okay. Um, cause honestly, like I've been periodically trying to write the next letters book and I've been having a lot of trouble really getting that started. Part of it was last year was nuts. Yeah. Um, and it was really hard to get your head around anything other than that. I was able to keep my web comic going, but that's because I had a, deadline that I was kind of obligated for every week. And that really helped me stay on task. Plus I really like that webcomic. But um the I found this project so ridiculously rewarding. I still do. Like it's still going on. Um it's gonna keep going on until we actually print it and start selling it right. um outside of the Kickstarter. That uh I absolutely see myself doing this more often. And I see myself participating in more uh, anthologies. Your anthology was the first one I'd actually worked on in a very long time. And I forgot how nice it is to do that kind of freelance work. Right. Um, so look, so uh, going back to this, let's look at, you have here your, um, uh, oh, sorry, there we go. Your reward tiers. So, mm -hmm. so these are, so for $30, the physical commission, you would do a physical commission here. That's right. We have three people doing physical commissions. Okay. Um, with the commissions, we kind of split in a weird way okay. um, because some people were working physical and some people were working traditional. And we were also experimenting with the add-on system, which is brand new to Kickstarter. None of us had worked on it. Right. Um, and so we weren't sure if it would be better to have commissions on one or the other. So we kind of did both. Like all the physical um, stuff is being done as an actual reward tier. You get a digital copy of the book and then you get this. Like this is the main thing you're getting. Right. Um, and then everything, all the digital ones, you can add on to any other tier if you want to. Okay. Um, so we kind of did it as an experiment, half and half to see what would happen. Uh, for physical tiers, um, I've been messing around a lot with graphite wash uh, for spooky artwork and things like that. Are you familiar with uh, scary stories to tell in the dark? Yes, that uh, that uh, that uh, yeah that that, that artist, artist. This is what we. I'm pretty sure he was using. Wow. Um, okay. And so I've been playing with it, and uh, I absolutely love doing it. Actually, I've got where are they? couple of illustrations I recently did for another live stream. Uh, one of the things that we're doing as a promotion is a draw this in your style challenge. Okay. Uh, where we, um, one of our people, Andrew Small, did an illustration of his cryptid, the Rougarou, and we all had to do it in our own style. So I did one using this method. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And also just because I had extra time on the stream, because it's actually a pretty quick but messy method. Right. Again, um, you can get something like this as my physical commission. We also have a watercolor one from Angela Boyle. And Kelsey has a really cool one uh, that is sort of this uh, monster silhouette illustration. Okay, yeah, if you scroll yeah. down, you'll get an idea of what the art styles look like. And so far, a, a few of the physical commissions have gone. Uh, like we've actually had, they're, they're not completely sold out, but we've definitely had people picking them up. Uh, digital, I, I feel a little bad because we haven't been getting uh, a lot of bites on this stuff, even though it's awesome. I'm worried the add-on system might be a problem, but if you guys want this stuff, grab it because it's all available. <laughs> um, and it, it's awesome. Like that's Andrew Small doing a, an illustration in kind of a watercolor style. And you'll basically just get the digital file with this. Right. Uh, you have Ariane McRae doing uh, character design stuff. By the way, that's digital. Can you believe that? <laughs> What's the, and then you just, there, and they would get those, was it 300 DPI or larger than that? Um, I don't know if any of the creators specialize, specified resolution, but that's probably what we'd send it at. 
Right. Okay. And uh, Rainer is also doing them using uh, basic character designs. And yeah, it's it's awesome stuff. And then how did the how how did the early bird specials go? Did you get incredibly well? Like that's one of those things. I would also recommend for anyone running a Kickstarter. I'd never done early bird specials before, but I know other people who had. Uh, I decided to try it, and you can actually see um, the numbers change dramatically as soon as we the early bird specials expired. Right. Um, we got just shy of four thousand dollars in that first week, and a big part of that was early bird specials. Wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things that's been weird about this Kickstarter. So this is my third Kickstarter. Um, and the way it usually goes is you have a big uh, boost at the beginning, a big boost at the end. And in the middle, you're barely getting any movement. Right. Um, so you may go for 30 days and out of those 30 days, 15 of those days, nothing happens. And on a bunch of the other days, you get one backer. Um, including today, we have never had a day go by where we didn't get a backer. Wow. Um, I've never seen that it, in one of my projects. It's crazy. It's great. We love it. Um, and uh, one of the other things that's been really interesting because we get to see all these numbers, over, um, almost half of the traffic we've gotten have been people just discovering us in Kickstarter. Wow. So like, it I wasn't was... even people we brought in with our advertising. <laughs> that was going to be my question for you is like, what is... Uh what have you discovered that you're doing really well and what have you saw so through the advertising? What are the things that when you're, when you're sitting around in your planning sessions to say, Oh, we have to do X really well or do it or whatever that thing is. And you turned out that it got, it had no legs on it whatsoever for you. Um, honestly, the big thing was the initial push uh, because we're, I mean, first off, no one was expected to keep up the momentum for an entire 30 days, we'd all burn out. Right. Um, I'm keeping up the momentum because I'm one of the people in charge. I've, I've basically been posting stuff to social media every day. I'm sure people are sick of me. <laughs> um, but with one of the big tricks with Kickstarter is the more you can demonstrate that you're popular, the more they will promote you. Mm. Um, on my last Kickstarter, I think 20% of my traffic came from people on Kickstarter discovering my project. Um, and now it's 49%. And a part of that is we made goal in five hours. We've kept a consistent, like at least several backers a day right. uh, for the entire time. That makes Kickstarter's algorithm say, this is a popular project. They're worth giving more uh, attention to. Was that deliberate to keep your goal as low as you could to make sure to kind of hope you'd hit it. Cause as you said, if your yeah. first, your first Our, book, the book you did was just you, but you made your goal 2000 where this one, you have a group of folks that you made the goal 1500. Our original goal uh, that we've been talking about was about 3000. Mm -hmm. And uh, we really thought we're thinking about getting a lower cause we were worried we wouldn't be, we were worried we wouldn't be able to hit 3000. Yeah. Um, we like we we there was that legitimate fear, and when that happened, no one got paid, right. which like Rainer and I were really worried about. So we talked about fifteen hundred. We were looking at a lot of variables. Uh, we even this like, um, I brought this up. Uh, I don't want this on Rainer. This was me, um, but I brought up the possibility of like, can we see if people would be open to be paid five dollars a page just so we can do less? And I really didn't want to do that because we told everyone ten dollars originally. Right. It was like, would people be interested in that? And we ended up doing the math and we realized that if we did the absolute bare minimum, we could pay everyone except Raider and me uh, and do um, $10 a page right. and like still do the base page rate that we'd promised. The catch would be we would hang on to any additional copies so that we could try to recoup some costs by selling those. Right. Um, and like we were really worried that even 1500 it's like that's going to like we'll probably make 1500 but it'll take a week. That was sort of our thinking. Like, it'll take a while. If we're lucky, we'll get it done in a week. And then it happened in five hours, and we're like, oh, wow. Should we have asked for 3000 And increasingly, what we were thinking about is, no, no, this was the perfect amount because we got to say we finished in five hours. Right. Um, 
what was really crazy is that day, um, because we for the launch, we actually had a live stream that had everybody in the project on it. Wow. Um, so all nine of the uh, people who'd gone into the book. And it was, so we did that video. And by the end of the video, we were past the halfway point. And the rest of the day, we were getting messages in the Discord with everyone updating, like, we're up to 800. We're up to 900. What's happening? <laughs> It's. I mean, and one of the yeah, and one of the, the and one I think also as you mentioned, one of the benefits of doing an anthology is that just means there's more people to help promote the project. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one of the things that, uh, like you know, credits where it's due. I think a lot of the backing that we got early on came from our editor JD because JD seems to have a very good Twitter Twitter game, and posting on. Twitter seemed to we I don't know exactly where it came from on Twitter, but uh, JD's tweets seem to have a lot of response, and we have a lot of numbers saying that we did get people from Twitter. Wow! Okay. Um, so it does seem to be that uh, you know certain like and you know everyone's been contributing in different ways. We've had two people do uh, art challenges. I showed the draw this in your style challenge. We also have a coloring page challenge that Angela did. Um, and have we've got those kind of floating out in the ether right it, it's it's been really interesting um kelsey of course doing the interviews that's been the other big thing they're live streaming twice a week to do that uh using the same streaming program you are by the way like um we're all doing that right yeah no yeah streamers are good it's a great project it's a great product i love it yeah. uh, so so talk to us again about just um for for those that are that are watching or listening to this is that so as of this as of this live recording it's got 10 days to go and mm -hmm. so the it ends then on was it may 1st or may 2nd uh it ends on may 3rd actually may 3rd okay yeah all right so may 3rd 2021 that's when it's going to end and so those that are listening to this on a podcast a year from now We'll probably be talking about volume two, right? <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. At the very least, if you go here, you'll find out where you can buy the book. Right. Uh, so what is what can people expect out of this? We said it's seven, it's seven stories, mm -hmm. seven things. Who's the audience? Who's the audience for this? It's uh, an excellent question, actually. Cryptid fans, for one. Um, I would say we were generally shooting for uh, – accessible by i'd say 13 plus is fair um i think a lot of there's a lot of interesting indie content uh one thing that was really funny because rainer and i both kind of were thinking horror when we were coming up with our stories we are the only two like straight up horror stories in the entire thing there's comedy there's slice of life there's magical realism um there's a real mix of genres in there and all of it is good like it, it's one of the things that was really fun is figuring out the order for the stories. Like we were bouncing around a few ideas, um, but it's like, we start with the magical realism story that uh, Kelsey did because it was sort of the best setting expectations thing that this could be anything in some right. ways. Okay. Um, we didn't want to start with comedy because we didn't want everyone to think every story is going to be comedy. Actually that picture you just uh, brought up with, uh, Angela's story. That's one of the ones I'm personally most excited about because it's a prose and comic fusion. Mm. Um, I, I'm trying to remember the name of the artist that she referenced for it um, because there's another cartoonist that does this kind of thing. And she was like, I really want to do a story in this style. But yeah, she did a mystery set in the German woods uh, featuring these characters and it's got a mix of prose and comics. Uh, that's something to check out um, Kelsey's interview with Angela uh, when it happens this Saturday. But okay. um, I'm sure she'll mention the artist at that point. But it, it's just such an interesting idea. Um, that's from the first story, the next image. That's Kelsey's uh, magical realism thing with the Mothman. A Day in the Life of Mothman. That's, that's pretty cool. It's a good title. Yeah. There's actually a, a great little moment in there that I originally thought was a mistake. And I talked to Kelsey and they were like, nope, that's exactly what I meant to have happen. And I'm like, <laughs> um, but yeah, they have the, the title as the billboard on the first page. 
that has a picture of the Mothman on it. And later in, you see the billboard again, and the Mothman's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's awesome if that was meant to be. Uh, yeah, here is actually the last story in there, um, Emo's Christmas, by Jess Johnson, who got interviewed today on Kelsey's channel. Okay. Um, and this is fun because it's basically a typical uh, New Jersey family where the weird aunt for Christmas brings home her new boyfriend, the Jersey devil. <laughs> like, it's a really fun, funny and kind of heartwarming story. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we okay. put it at the end because it kind of was the perfect way to wrap up everything. Okay. This is Renders with the Dover demon. Um, very much. If you're into EC comics style horror, that's kind of the feel you get out of this one. Um, okay. If you're not familiar, that's Tales of the Crypt and things like that. Right. Uh, really fun, really spooky. Uh, I remember Rainer talked about the fact that the entire reason he picked this is because the images he found of the Dover Demon made him really uncomfortable. So he's like, I'm just going to draw them over and over again. <laughs> that's a perfect reason to do that. Right. Uh, here we have uh, one of the other funny stories by uh, Ian Clash and Andrew Small. They're the only team that worked on this. Uh, Ian was the writer, Andrew was the artist. Uh, both new to having stuff published and they've been fantastic to work with, hire them. Um, but yeah, it's Rougarou catfished by a dog person, which is all about a Rougarou, which is kind of a, well, it's a dog person, um, using a dating site. <laughs> yeah. Uh, JD, I mentioned before, was the editor that got brought in. And um, so JD was working as an editor in part because his hand had gotten injured earlier in the year. But by the time we were getting ready for the Kickstarter, it had healed enough. He was like, I really want to draw something for you guys. And he made the cover, which we love so much that we're selling as a poster. I love it. It's, it's His artwork kind of reminds me of the um, Bernstein Bears hand. It looks like something from... Huh, I could see that, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, as soon as he started sending us proofs of that, we're like, this is this is awesome. That is a great cover, yeah. 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 Um, this is one of the other comedy stories by uh, Ariane McRae mm -hmm. featuring the Fresno Nightcrawler. Uh, and the whole idea is how can you be scary when you when all you are is a ball with hand with legs? Right. <laughs> and then of uh, course, and then yours. Oh, then, then there's mine, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the advantage of uh, having a W as the first letter in your last name is you're usually the last but not least. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I went for fantasy Western because why not? Right. Um, and I'm focusing on the Chupacabra, kind of a, a story of uh, sort of the classic uh, prairie family trying to survive uh, an attack by coyotes, and, except instead of coyotes, it's Chupacabras, and the protagonists are an elf and an orc and their kid. <laughs> um, like yeah uh, funnily enough I actually wasn't going to be the only western story but unfortunately one person had to bow out right wow mm. but yeah like we've got a pretty wide range of stories we're covering um, I'll tell you with mine it was one of the most refreshing projects I've worked on in a long time because if you've worked on one or two things for a very long time getting to do anything different feels amazing right. um yeah, this is the first story I told that wasn't cost pain or letters of the devil. Right. Wow. I mean, I, I lot so I mean so so I mean like so those that are like into like the horror cryptid genre, this is a perfect thing to get. Um, if you have friends and family that this is so this is being released so around uh, holidays they could like the physical rewards would be around the holiday time or. We're shooting to have well, like the the date we put down was August for okay. having the um, physical copy sent out to people. Right. Um, okay. Which I'm hoping is enough time. Every project I've done before, it's taken a little bit longer, but I allowed more time than I usually do. Right. And last year didn't count. Um, <laughs> like, you know, you were trying to get a book printed last year. It was nuts. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm hoping this year it's going to be a lot easier. Plus, we're working with a different printer. We're going to see how that goes. Right. Um, but we're pretty close to having everything put together. Oh, one name that kind of hasn't been um, brought up a lot in this because we're still finalizing uh, some of the details, but we're hoping to have Steve Bissett write the introduction. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. We're in the final stages of that, and I think it's fair to go ahead and mention it. But yeah. 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 
Yeah, no, he's yeah, another uh, Vermont guy right here too. Yeah, so, we're yeah. we're like half of these people used to be his students, and uh, it's also involving cryptids. So it seems appropriate to ask Steve if he'd be up for it. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're hoping to have some the final paperwork done on that, but it's not premature to say that. <laughs> right. That's awesome. So this is great. So so congratulations, Ben, and your team. Mm-hmm. I think you guys, you all have put together a. Uh, you know, an amazing anthology. Uh, really excited to see um, what happens next. So, as you said, you're and everybody, they, you know, the 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 excitement on there. You seem, yeah, it seems as though people are excited to um, do this again. Like, it's just the momentum is it's still moving forward. Yeah, at, at least uh, a few of the people have said that they're doing the thing where they're refreshing the Kickstarter page every couple of hours. Mm-hmm. And I, I basically told them, don't do that. Only I need to be doing that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like a few people are like, this is so exciting. Is it always this exciting? And I'm like, uh, kind of. <laughs> it's 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 usually more stressful than it has been this time. Right, yeah. <laughs> like it's funny because I, I always assumed that if I had a Kickstarter that um, got back this quickly. I completely relaxed and said, I'm like, let's see how much higher we can get this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people, it's, there's been a lot of energy with it. There's been a lot of people volunteering to do extra stuff. Right. Uh, which has been exciting. And, uh, yeah. So was there a reason why the, you know, kind of, I don't want to call them the A-list cryptids, like there's no Bigfoot, there's no Loch Ness monster. Was that, was that deliberate? It's looking for like some of the more obscure uh, cryptids to, to write about. It was a little bit of a mix. Uh, I think we actually did have someone lined up to do Bigfoot. That is one of the people who dropped out. Um, but one of the, actually in the Fresno Nightcrawler story by Ariane, she features a couple extra of the big cryptids just so they're acknowledged. Like Bigfoot makes an appearance. Nessie does. Uh, there's the Gilman, which is basically the creature from the Black Lagoon. Right. Um, But yeah, I think for the most part, people are just like, you know, let's pick a weird one because everybody does these other ones. I picked Chupacabra, which is pretty normal. Right. Um, I know Kelsey picked uh, the Mothman because they lived in uh, on the Kentucky border for a long time. And that's exactly where Mothman sightings happened a lot. Yes, that's Um, true. That was like, yeah. Yeah. We had... I was reminded of that because uh, one of our uh, viewers uh, from the Daily Dan blog, he actually does a YouTube channel uh, about hunting Bigfoots, and he also does comic book reviews. So he's a guy that's he's he's a fun guy to check out. Yeah. Uh, but that was so that, that's that's interesting. So um, I'm really curious because this is this is there's so much resource in cryptids. There's so much stuff going on here, uh, and and also was it. Was it also deliberate to make them all more North American-esque uh, cryptids? There, it's compared to other parts of the world. Or, um, I think to some degree that's just what people found that was uh, interesting. Right. Um, Angela's is a German cryptid, the Elwitritsk. I might not be pronouncing that correctly. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. We also originally had someone uh, who ended up having to drop out who was going to do uh, an East Indian cryptid. Okay. Um, but yeah, and technically the chupacabra is Puerto Rican, um, which is still oh, oh, American, but yeah, yeah, uh, okay. not what yeah. most people would tend to think of. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it's uh, yeah. We, I, I think it was mostly just we all pretty much went to the wiki page and it's like, what are cryptids? Like, what's a list? <laughs> just trying to find something that looked interesting. Wow, this is great. I, so. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say I did Chupacabra because the setting I was working on is actually a Dungeons and Dragons setting I'm working on, and I'd stated the Chupacabra for it. So I'm like, this is a good opportunity. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, th- so Ben, this is great. So, thank you very much for for coming on. And uh, please, you know, anytime that you want, like you you're doing another anthology, uh, doing anything else, uh, you know, Letters to the Devil Part Three. Yeah, man, come back on. This has been great. Yeah, I I'd love to do another letters book. Uh, I actually know exactly what I want to do with it. I just need to sit down and write it. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, Good. that series well, is not dead. I just need to take time to figure out how I'm going to do it. Right. Well, this only came out last year. I mean, it's, you know, so. Right? Yeah. It was just, you and, know, it was just last year. Yeah. And one of the things that's funny about any of these books, uh, when you're actually doing a full graphic novel like that, you're looking at several years of work. And by the time you're done, it's practically outdated. Um, like, it, it's funny because I really try not to date my work too much. But there's a reference in uh, the second book, The Legacy of L, to the 2016 election. Because I was just like, these this particular group of people, I can't, like, this is the exact best way I can possibly have for them to have met. Right. Like, outside of an election party losing their minds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, and, and I, it's, but, like, other than that, I was like, I almost don't want to do this because it dates it too much. And then as soon as I was done, I was like... Yeah, this still this feels more dated than I'd want because I've been working on this for a couple of years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's good. So, uh, so congratulations again on mm -hmm. reaching your goal. Uh, really excited to you know uh, check this check this anthology out, and um, and congratulations again, and congratulations to all your um, all your contributors too. So, thank you. Yeah, then I, I I don't know if I told, but I I love your Instagram set with with the, your cosplay. Oh, thank you. Comics. Those. How? Where do you come? Do, is, are you are you looking forward to conventions again when they pop back up? Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> I really need cons to come back. I've been going off of backlogged material for a year, pretty much. Really? <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, one of the craziest things about it, like uh, the 200 strip is coming up. Wow. And my last con was over a year ago. Wow. It was like 13 months ago, I think. And I, the other thing is, uh, cons never stopped in my comic. <laughs> like, despite the fact that no in person cons have really happened over the last year, they kept going like nothing happened. Um, <laughs> And I, it's kind of getting tough to figure out how to deal with that. Like, I actually wrote this really existential uh, comic that I thought about doing where one of the people has a nervous breakdown and realizes that they've been in their house for an entire year and just have been making this whole thing up. And then it would just, like, pull out to me drawing the comic, looking at it, going, nah, delete, new comic. <laughs>